Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We black in the garden. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We back and still black. Uh, most of us, I'm sure. And I'm going to be talking your hostess with the most. You probably already heard that part. So just saying it again, because perhaps you forgot. I don't know how your memory is set up, but that is fine. It is a beautiful day to be black in the garden. Um, you know, always with the creative things and, and playing around with with uh, hashtags and and, and taglines but soil cousins hello how are you good afternoon good evening and good night i don't know what time you turn this on i don't even know what time this is coming on you know what i mean i'm a little bit late today which is all the more reason as far as you know generally and this is just a little bit of housekeeping so let's get right to it generally i didn't really want to say this because i'm gonna be totally transparent I didn't want nobody holding me accountable for like a deadline. You know, when you like real creative, you don't like deadlines like that. All right. But Tuesday is the traditional release of Black in the Garden. As I've come to find out is the traditional release of many podcasts, but we're not talking about many podcasts. We're talking about Black in the Garden. So generally, I like to have a cute, cute little episode released for you by, let's say noon. Let's say noon. So if you don't see an episode, if you're refreshing and you're looking and you're like, oh my God, where is Cola? What is happening? Listen, if you don't see it by noon, then just wait a little bit longer. That's that's the best that I can tell you. But generally, you will get your episodes on Tuesday as I am literally and very honestly refining the process that I use to make this podcast to uh, incorporate some additional content that will be of great value to you. That is very important to me. I've spoken on a lot of things and intentions and aspirations throughout the life of this show, and I didn't forget about them. Uh, I hope that you didn't forget. If there's something that you're interested in hearing, seeing, I don't know, even doing, let me know. Blackinthegarden at gmail.com is how you can find me. And like I said, I'm going to get right into part two of the interview with our favorite neighbor, Nick. And we we have this interview right on the tail end of or right on the during the weekend of Juneteenth, which was so lit this year. Like, listen, I want you to take a moment if you don't know what Juneteenth is and just consult with Auntie Google about that. Okay. Uh, I need you to do that. All right. I just, I need you to do that because I am in the midst of things right now, but I'm committed to getting you this episode. I, I was like, listen, am I going to get it out? What we finna do? I have so many things happening literally on today and uh, just another house housekeeping tip note, whatever you want to call it. What I generally like to do on Tuesday 
uh, is add my fresh take. You know, generally, if you hearing this on Tuesday, I probably said it this morning. Okay. So, uh, afternoon, <laughs> afternoon, it's all good. If you are keeping up with us on Instagram and by us, I just mean the, the movement, which is black in the garden, soil cousins. I'm going to put up a poll today, maybe tomorrow, but I want to put up a poll today on something that we touched on that I thought was really interesting in part two of the interview with our neighbor, Nick, about what sense do you find the most important in gardening? If you could only have one sense and you went out into the garden, take a minute, think about it. I want you to get your answer together, get your answer right, because I will be putting up that poll. We are particularly interested in how y'all feel about what sense is the best sense to uh, keep up with. So appreciate y'all. We're going to get right into it. I took a few notes. I just wanted to all also mention happy Father's Day, happy belated Father's Day. I got to have a few words with my dad. I'll be honest, our relationship is a tad bit estranged, but you know, uh, things that people are different, you know, I'm like I mentioned in this episode, cause you know, I had to listen back to it. But as I mentioned in this episode, uh, sometimes as adult children, you know what I mean? Like you have parents, but you are still very much grown. That can be tricky. Shout out to you if you understand just how tricky it can be. And shout out to you if you are doing your best to try to be a good adult child. Just just try. Just at least try. So I hope that y'all are doing well and thriving in your gardens. It is, we'll just call this late June because it's about to be done. We're coming up on like the thickest part of the summer, the hottest part of the summer. If you're in California and Florida or anywhere else where you're getting triple digit weather, I would say my hat goes off to you, but you probably should keep that hat on. But I see y'all. I appreciate y'all. Shout out to those of us who have just started with gardening. And you know what? While we're on that topic, I know I said I wasn't going to hold you. We are about to get right into the interview. But there are some things that have come up. Uh, this is housekeeping, by the way. We I've said that a few times by now. There's a few things that have come up uh, in my spirit and just around conversations that I've had with so many people recently about what Black in the Garden does, is, isn't, and all of that. Black in the Garden is certainly a podcast. Uh, well, duh, duh. Let me not be redundant. Okay, so beside it being a podcast, it's a gardening podcast, but it is definitely more so concerned with the culture. We put a lot of emphasis on being at the intersection of black culture and horticulture because me coming in here as a very, uh, very hyperly active, highly concentrated, highly melanated sister here with, with, with just blackness for you. As, as a lover of gardening and horticulture and uh, a very sincere and very, very much, what's the word I'm looking for? A sincere and dedicated interest to telling the stories of other, of my soil cousins. Like that's, 
that's it. That's it for me. That makes me happy. If I get to do that on my show, mission accomplished. Now it has very, very recently, as of like literally yesterday, occurred to me that there are some ways that we can add some more talk about like, hey, what y'all growing? How to grow this? How to grow that? We could get into that. I want to add value to your life. I want you to walk away from this being a better gardener and a better person. But as we focus primarily on the culture of it all, what we're getting is we're getting gems. We're getting wisdom. We're getting stories. We're getting lessons. We are understanding the complexities and the nuance of the Black experience in the garden, even outside of the garden, around the garden. There's just so many stories and things that come up. It's all very exciting. I'm actually looking forward to, I'll just let you in on one thing that I'm looking forward to is getting a reel together so we can have the best of, ah, I've been talking to some podcasters y'all. And when I say talking to some pod, pod cousins, let me get my, cause you know, I got like a whole dictionary by now. Right. So in having conversations via interview with pod cousins who uh, I'll be guesting on some shows coming up here in the next few weeks. And I will make sure I keep you posted as those shows are being released, but I'm very excited about that. I had some great conversations with some very, very passionate uh, people who are just great at what they do. And also just very much like myself, interested in connecting the dots and, you know, paying attention to the bigger picture and knowing that gardening is, it's, very much a thing that we do, not just uh, a hobby. It's when we first started gardening, it was most certainly not a hobby. It was like, how are we finna eat? Right. But gardening, it just, there's so much that we get to learn from it. And so as your hostess with the mostess of this here podcast, Black in the Garden, I just want to thank you for your support. I didn't know I was going to sing that, but I hope that you received that well. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get right into this interview part two with our neighbor, Nick. And y'all make sure that y'all pay attention to those IG stories. Share. Okay. Share. Bookmark. You know, uh, talk to uh, someone who you feel would would be enlightened. What is the word I'm looking for? Not enlightened. Encouraged. Inspired. I'm 10 minutes in with no break. Like I'm, I feel like I'm just like freestyler right now. I have not even had to pause. So that's just me celebrating <laughs> that I'm saying everything without having to do uh, additional edits because I'm trying to get y'all part two. But of course, before we get into this break, before the interview, I got to shout out my homegirl because Tishana of cocoa and seed. You've been hearing about cocoa and seed on Black in the Garden because it's dope. All right. You need to check the link in my Instagram bio, or you need to check the link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Black in the Garden. So you can get that affiliate link and support Black in the Garden and cocoa and seed at the same time. Cocoa and seed. Not sure if you heard by now, but this brand owned by Black Girl Magic, just a purveyor of Black Girl Magic. Uh, Tashana, uh, good, just such an inspiring and amazing individual 
who is uh, the purveyor of not just black girl magic, but also a beautiful and well-crafted and well thought out, thought out product. You're going to hear a little bit more about that because, you know, ads or whatever, but support, support, support. You may have heard it here first, but if you haven't heard by now, Cocoa and Seed was featured as a black business that you ought to know about by none other than USA Today. So just all the claps, all the twerks, all the everything celebratory. We will celebrate that and get into it. Before we go any further, I want to take a moment to talk about black business. And you know, it's come to my attention that many of my listeners are first time podcast listeners, which is really dope. So let's just take a few seconds to make sure we understand how we can support podcasts. This one in particular gives you an opportunity to also support black business, such as my fave Cocoa and Seed, which is a wonderful black business owned by a fantastic black woman. I can vouch for her myself. She's dope. All right. And what she has for you on today are a few things. You can get some mugs that you can get customized. Yes, that means you can put your name on it. Okay, you could even put your boo name on it or your Monstera boo. Just just a hint, just, you know, just some inspiration for you. You can get a rose gold propagation station to get your, your plants going. You know, you want to multiply. You want to get more plants, obviously. You need a propagation station. It's beautiful. Wait till you see the website. How are you going to get to the website? Through the affiliate link. That is the most important thing. That's how you support the black business and the podcast. You see how it comes together? So this is what you'll do. The link is in the show notes. Or if you want to write this down, Linktree spelled L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash black in the garden. And that is how you get to the website so that you can save 10% on your purchase at Cocoa and Seed because you're definitely going to be particularly interested. If you're anything like me, you'll be particularly interested in getting yourself an a self-watering hydroponic planter kit so that you can get your microgreens or your herbs popping. Listen, it's up to you, but make sure you use the affiliate link so that you can support Black in the Garden, support Cocoa and Seed, Get 10% off. You just did a thing. You should feel excited. So thank you for coming back and joining us for part two of this interview with our favorite neighbor, Nick, who is currently in the mountains of Maui, but via Los Angeles. So Uh, Let's just take a second just to catch up. So when we were last talking, welcome back, Nick. Let me just welcome you back. What's up? Pleasure to be here, sister. Give thanks for all that you do and for your great talent. Um, Pleasure is mine. Good to see you. Thank you. Yes. So uh, welcome back again from Maui. And let's just kick back off because we have a new theme. Well, we have the same theme, which is... I'm letting you tell them. Oh, which is uh, today's thing is liberation, <laughs> but it's it's liberation in solving all of our problems from the garden. 
all of our problems are easy. Well, not easily. All of our problems are solvable. Can be solved from your garden. That's right. That's right. Financial, emotional, spiritual, physical, chemical. You know, we're under war warfare. This is absolute warfare. We can get right into it. So a clarifying question as we're discussing the concept of liberation. To you, is there a difference between freedom and liberation? Are they about the same? Tell us how you tell us what your thoughts are on that. No, I mean, oh, yes, actually, yes, absolutely. There's a difference. But I think, you know, I think uh, people, I think we as a people need to define it for ourselves. Um, just by definition, of course, it's different. Freedom is defined by the power to write uh, or the right to act, speak, think, move without being hindered. Um, it's not connected to what we're under. Uh, we have freedom of speech. You know, we have the right to bear arms. We have certain inalienable rights protected by the Constitution. But in our experience in this country, those things have consistently been violated. So it's mm -hmm. not until we achieve liberty um, that uh, we'll see those things change. And liberty is defined by the state of being free within a society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of mm -hmm. life, behavior, or political views. So those things are definitely polar opposite. I think uh, freedom was given to us allegedly right after the Emancipation Proclamation, but as we just, what, Juneteenth was two days ago. So mm -hmm. we're very familiar with uh, how that was a farce and how it took you know a couple more years for everybody in the South and especially down in Galveston, Texas, the furthest point from the Union, right? The furthest tip of the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years for those brothers to realize it. And it wasn't like they just realized it. It wasn't like uh, a bluebird or a pigeon came and said, hey guys, you guys are free. And they just rose up. No, no, no. You had returning brothers from the Civil War who fought on the Union side, came down there by horseback and freed those brothers. In, in other words, you had a, a crew of Nat Turners that pulled up and said, look here, <laughs> you guys are still working for free. These mm -hmm. folks are still profiting off of free labor and that's against the law. You yeah. can leave today right now and we're armed and we're taking you. And some people stay, right? Of course, yeah. you always had those people who stay because it was a comfort thing and they still exist today. That mentality still exists today. That and isn't that a quote from Harriet Tubman where she said that she freed so many people in her lifetime, just paraphrasing, she freed so many people in her lifetime, but she could have freed so many more if they would have known that they were not free. Yeah. Yeah, if they would have known that they weren't slaves. But the thing is, you got to understand, you, you, you got a, a group of people who, who are stolen and brought here and, and robbed of their culture and their, and their heritage and their last name and their lineage, everything, and, and broken and told that they're going to do this and this is their way of life. A couple generations later, that person has no idea that any other possible world even exists. So naturally, it's tough. But once that spirit rises up, uh, yeah, it's an unstoppable force. And I think that's what we saw. But again, to, to go back to liberty versus freedom, um, you know, a, a lot of people give credit to, to, to President Lincoln and it's fair too, but you just got to understand what was going on at that time. You got a Confederacy who's making product 
hand over fist without the use of factories, right? It's all about business. It's all about commerce uh, to where the North is dependent on factories during that time. Well, factories sure. cost a lot of money to maintain. Factories cost a lot of, of uh, wages and employee expenses to, to pump out a product. Well, in the South, sure. you got all that without any of those expenses. So it was a money thing. The union couldn't really compete with uh, uh, the South, with the Confederacy during that time, as far as creating product. So naturally, if you're running the, if you're the president and you're running the show up there, you're watching those dollars drop or business owners are complaining to you by the thousands that this ain't working out, you have to level the playing fields. You have to make it so that free labor is illegal um, so that you can compete. And that was pretty much the, the, the start of what we know today. That's the beginning of the United States as we know it um, once everything spread out and became one nation. But a lot of those brothers stayed on those farms for the next hundred years and didn't even know. Um, mm -hmm. So, so Juneteenth should always be celebrated, but, but we've got to tell the true story. It ain't, it wasn't just an epiphany. The brothers didn't just wake up and say, Hey, we're free. Nah, some soldiers came down there and got them. And right now we need soldiers to come and, and go out and, and, and wake people up and, and, and grab them right now. And that's what these conversations are about. That's what we're doing. We're doing it. We are having it. And it is just one step closer towards liberation. So of course, I'm a black woman speaking to a black man. From whatever perspective you want to take that, what does liberation mean to you? Absolute freedom, freedom of mind, freedom of choice, freedom to seek uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? These are things mm -hmm. that are in the constitution. These are things that are guaranteed to every man and woman. But for some reason in our experience, uh, these are dreams deferred. These are things that we have not been able to achieve and it's no accidents, consequences, no coincidence. This is an absolute structural systematic uh, game plan and it's worked to a T. So for me, liberation would start with the mind, um, freeing your mind. That's unplugging from everything that oppresses you, whether it's what you ingest via uh, what's on your plate or what kind of views, uh, what you're listening to, the kind of spirits you, you keep around, the kind of vibrations you expose yourself to, uh, the circles you frequent, the things you do, the choices you make. Um, once you unplug from that, you know, and seek a spiritual path, then you can achieve that mental liberation. That's a start. And for me, um, it's an ongoing thing, but I've been able to, uh, you know, advance in this journey via what I ingest, right? The things we put in our mouth, the things we put on our plate, the choices we make, either at the grocery store or hopefully in our backyards, in our garden. Um, it, there's no way to, to achieve those, those spiritual experiences and gains and advances if our pathways are clogged up. And our pathways are clogged up because we are dependent on an American diet that's been given to us for the last couple hundred years, or at least since the Industrial Revolution. Um, so that would be about a hundred years. And at this point, being in a capitalistic, a hyper uber capitalistic society, we are consuming products on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And those products are, are far, far away from organic food items. These products come with a barcode. Right. They come with a laundry list of ingredients. And, you know, most of those things are created in a laboratory. So for me, my message is getting close to the source, getting back to the soil 
and growing your own food and clearing sure. those pathways, decalcifying that pineal gland, decalcifying those lymphatic pathways so that you can um, optimize your, your, your physiology and, and experience these spiritual events. Um, that's a lot. It's a long-winded that's answer. That's a lot. But that's what liberation <laughs> means to me. I appreciate that. And so I want to unpack that a little bit more, break that down. First, I have a quick question for you, because I know that you are living off the land. Uh, as I said, you are um, in Maui via Los Angeles. The question I'm going to ask is, what percentage of your, I know you were on a plant-based diet. What is your, what percentage of your plant-based diet are you growing yourself? Would you say 100% or 90? Like, where, where are you at with that? About 80. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. How many of us listening yeah. can say that? Well, I mean, the thing is, well, it's everybody can do it. That's for sure. And keep in mind, the other 20% is, is, is uh, via trade, right? So you can say 100% because it's all being grown off the land. But mm-hmm. some farmers focus on other things. And you get to know those people at farmer's markets, right? So what I'm growing here, I can trade with a brother that's growing something else there. And mm-hmm. no dollars have to be exchanged. But just to keep it all trill, uh, about 80%, right? We have a that huge... is a very, very uh, impressive. Not only is it an impressive number, but for many of us, it's a goal. Because many of us, you know, let's be real, maybe 0%, maybe... 10% of what we are actually consuming, especially in a plant-based situation, is food that we've grown on our own. But we're going to get I there understand. because that is a part of how we're going to solve our problems in the garden. Do you mind if we yeah. get into your story of liberation a little bit more? Do you mind telling us like the young, telling us about the young Nick who was out here, you know, busting down Popeyes or whatever and being... <laughs> disrespectful to women i don't know what was what was life what? like before you was liberated i don't know i don't know let us know yeah i don't <laughs> i don't know about that last part never never been disrespectful to women but uh good you know, we empower the queens we empower the queens i'm a feminist again i'm into empowering women and mm-hmm. put, helping to get them to the position that they that, that they thrive and deserve on queen maker is what i call it um that's and that's and that's you know that's you having your own business you having your own uh, uh, foundation or you having your own movement and competing just like everybody else. I'm, I'm about mm-hmm. that. And, you know, we've built and I've built with several queens. Shout out to Sister Zaza Ali. Shout mm-hmm. out to Sister Session Kepa Ra. Shout out to Queen Mary Ra. Um, the list goes on and on. Shout out yeah. to Cardi Yoga. Right. So, you know, I'm about that. But again, we have to be, be really, um, uh, surgical and specific on these terms right so when i say i'm a feminist i support that i don't support the 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 me too mafia that gets you canceled for you know telling some some lady on the job that she looks good today or whatever the case may be that seems to dominate and that's not that's not anything i'm trying to push but anyway back to let's get back to the topics yeah yeah for sure i want to know more about your liberation my story yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I grew up in inner city Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And that's 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 a hyper grid, you know. That's that's you know, in New York it would be called a concrete jungle. That's a, you know, South Central LA, Baldwin Hills, 
uh, West LA, Watts, Compton, it's all the same, Long Beach. You know, if you're in a, a house, you have a lot, and the majority of your lot is taken up by a house and maybe a garage or a driveway or something. It's, it's not a lot of land to grow food. I wasn't even into it. So I grew up right in the inner city. And, uh, you know, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, all the garbage, all of it <laughs> uh, dominated, dominated my plate. And, you know, this is the 80s. So this is, a, this is you don't know that you're being targeted and you're being Ooh. marketed these, these, these images and these, you know, this Ronald McDonald guy and this Happy Meal and this Fun House and this Playhouse and these symbols, this gold and garnet, you know, visuals that, that, you know, literally infiltrate your, your mind and make you a customer and a consumer. Um, you're not vetting the ingredients in the 80s. You're trusting, you're hyper-trusting and over-trusting uh, this guy that's giving you, giving you food and nourishing you for five bucks, right? You talking uh, shit about Ronald right. McDonald on this very show. Whoever it is, you know, Ronald McDonald, <laughs> no, just, here from Subway, I, Burger I, King, I all of them. Yeah. Yeah. KFC, all that, right? It's all, it's all garbage at this point. You know, it might've started off in the, in the forties and the fifties as something substantial, grass fed beef, you know, no GMO, no hormones, no steroids, but in the eighties and nineties, you're, you're eating garbage, right? Yeah. Uh, how many billions of burgers served? Homeboy talks about, I mean, too many. that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of cows, right? So. At some point, naturally, you're going to be trying to save a buck here or there. It's going to evolve into something that's just a supply chain of chemicals. And, oh. you know, we didn't know any better. So we grew up on it. But once you had that experience, right, once you clear those pathways, you, can, you can't even go back to it. You, can, you won't yeah. even consider it. You drive right by it, right? And then once you see the target marketing aspect of it, the, the, the absolute um, war tactic that they use to, to get into the minds of the, of the families. Uh, you, you can't be a part of that. And once you see who's sitting on the board and who's the CEO and what he looks like, why would you put his kid through school? Right. Why wouldn't hmm. you put your own community's kid through school and support that black business? Like right. simply wholesome, shout out simply wholesome on Slauson Overhill. Uh, hey. Right. Or, or, or any black owned restaurant in your city. Uh, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like, once you once you experience that, you, you can't go back. And, and from there, you just evolve and get closer and closer to the source. Like I said, the source is the soil. So so just just to stay on point with your liberation story, because like, listen, we understand that what we are offered, like you said, the, yeah. the chemicals that we are offered, they are definitely not putting our best interests, especially our health interests at the forefront. Uh, however, yes. that is a story that many of us can resound with, with having grown up with that being our primary choice, a primary, you know, uh, percentage of the options that were offered to us, which is fast food or whatever other chemicals mm. that our parents picked mm. up for us at the grocery store. So mm. you got to like, that's not what's on your plate at all. Like you're, you're passing by whatever fast food and you're not oh, even yeah, looking or thinking twice. But no, it's not even an option. From how did you get from that point where that so, was regular for you to where you, mm -hmm. you woke up and you realized this ain't really yeah. working out so well? I remember. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit because this is well into okay our twenties, well into my twenties. <laughs> when when Wingstop hit, yeah, Wingstop was a problem. Wingstop was a problem for me and all of my homies. 
Wingstop I mean, is like still twice. a problem for many of us. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Twice. A, I mean, how can it not? It's so, it's so delicious. But twice a week, you know, 20 piece oh. so was a common was a common thing. Killing me. And so during hard. that time, I remember. Yeah. And during that time, but pff, take away wing from a brother's plate. That's tough. But uh, did you ever have any fights? One thing at a time. Just so during that time, <laughs> during that time, I remember just to give you a, a, a pivotal moment. I went to Subway. No, I'm sorry. I went to Burger King. And <sighs> no, nah, I'm not gonna tell that story. I got another story. I went to Subway. Okay. And I thought I, I thought I thought Subway would be a healthy choice, right? And this is well into my twenties. Okay. 20s, eight, maybe. I can yeah, see why you would think like Subway that. is healthy. That is their narrative. Yeah. Cold cuts, clean veggies, yes. clean turkey, whatever, whatever, break fresh, all the stuff they promote, right? Boom, boom, boom. I ate some kind of like turkey club sandwich, some kind of Subway sandwich. Uh-huh. And shortly after, I went to work out at my brother-in-law's gym. And I think I drank some coffee to, to get my heart rate up. What? Next thing you know, uh, yeah, it was a bad, it was, again, I was making poor choices. It sounds so, like you had a lot more to learn at that point in your journey. I did. But next thing you know, I'm in that gym and it all comes up. Right. And everybody's what? laughing. You threw up? I just threw, yeah, I just threw everything up. Everyone's <laughs> laughing. Everyone's like, dude, why would you eat that garbage? So, you know, that was a moment I can say where, where I definitely changed my mind. And I said, I can never eat this again. This is not serving me. But when you, like I said, when you connect it, right, when you make all the connections, uh, this is garbage, plus who is profiting from putting this garbage in our community, plus what, you know, the ingredients are, where it's uh, harvested, where it's grown, um, what the board looks like, who, who they're voting for, what kind of um, programs do they, you know, do they represent and back up in the community. Mm-hmm. These are all important things. Remember when Chick-fil-A spoke out against the LGBT community, right? Mm-hmm. Homeboy, you know, made those things uh, public and you see how they responded. They boycotted them. Even, even the other day, I, I saw a headline about uh, the CEO of Chick-fil-A washing her brother's shoes or, shine, or washing her brother's feet or shining his shoes or it was some what? crazy symbol, some crazy public stunt to get you to keep going through that drive through and buying those chicken That's- sandwiches that we all love. I yeah. don't really approve so, of none of that stuff. That that's yeah. that's it's just unbelievable. Weird. It's just a symbol. It's just a weird symbol to say, okay, we're in a post-racial society. We're gonna keep driving right on past that because that is just what for. Yeah. 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 So you okay, I know you're you were getting into something about the Chick-fil-A CEO, but listen, you're okay, so let's go back to when you, you threw up <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not your favorite uh, memory, of course, but how was that connect? Like, help us, help us to get with you and and on this journey and and how you switched over. So that was obviously your last trip to Subway, and uh, were you yeah. growing your own food at that time? Like, connect 0%, us. percent. No way. Wasn't even interested. Wasn't okay. even interested at all. And this was I in was, your twenties. Uh, yeah, late twenties. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So, 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 we, so the people want to know when how? our favorite neighbor, Nick, saw the, the light when he stepped into the garden. That. Like, was it the way the sun hit the, mount, the, the, the dew on the grass? Like, help us understand. So <laughs> I would say around, no, I would say around 2010, 2009, 2010. Okay. It all came together, right? So it's not just one thing. It all came together. Uh, like I said, I majored in, in biology and, and I, I failed plant anatomy twice, right? Get so, out. Uh, yeah, botany, failed it twice. So no respect for it at all. How could I ever use this, this class in my, uh, you know, real life, those types of things. But around 2010, it all came together. The house that we moved into had a humongous backyard. Um, and so I started planting seeds, uh, cannabis seeds, kale seeds, squash seeds, every kind of seed. I started listening to more high vibration spiritual music, more Bob Marley and things of that like, more reggae, more, um, you know, high frequency vibrations, right? Not mm -hmm. any garbage. Uh, started infusing, infusing myself in that. I started practicing um, uh, new things such as yoga, right? Which, which my wife brought to the table, uh, girlfriend at the time. Um, I started eating cleaner and eating um, just more efficient, more local, more organic things. And it was just like a reincarnation. I think everybody has that spiritual awakening at some point in their life right around the age 30, 32, 33, right? That 33 number was the righteous numbers and it's biblical yes. and, and it's all over. Exactly. So it was right around that same time. Um, and luckily I made it to that point to be able to have that. A lot of uh, brothers from our community never get to experience that. They are simply taken out of the game before any sort of spiritual awakening can, can happen. And Ooh. that too is by design. That, that's, there's a lot to that. I'm glad that you mentioned that that particular age that seems to be magical. In my understanding as an astrology enthusiast, that's around the time of your Saturn return, around the age of 30, somewhere between 32 and 35. And y'all can look into that on your own time. Ask Auntie Google. She'll tell you all about it. But um, it Jesus sounds like- died. It's, it's the highest degree of Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, geometrically, it's- you know, you see it all over the place. It's it's just it's just one of those things, man. And and I'm not sure, you know, how deep that goes, but I do know that for me, I felt it. And I've seen a lot of my friends experience the same or a similar uh reawakening or, or, or reincarnation around that age. Uh it's not an accident, right? It's why is, not. Why, is, why 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 did the Masons uh stop their knowledge at thirty three degrees? And furthermore you know, our ancestors taught us 360 degrees of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So, you know, a lot, again, a lot to unpack, but that's why we yeah. name our farm 360 Farms, because we want to um, promote 360 degrees from the seed all the way back to the seed. Um, but yeah, that for me, that's when I kind of had it. Um, I grew up under a lot of spiritual teachers in, in Los Angeles. So, so in the eighties, late eighties, right. That's NWA ice cube. Yeah. <laughs> so ice cube in the early nineties aligned itself with brother Khaled Muhammad of the nation Islam. And his partner was a brother named Ashra Kwesi, who wasn't a part of the nation, but was a uh, Egyptologist and 
historian of ancient African teachings and a lecturer and a brother who takes people back to Africa on, a, on an annual basis for like 30 something years. Well, I grew up with wow. his kids. So a lot of, uh, a lot of that knowledge uh, I was exposed to at, a, at, a, at, a, at an early age, but again, it didn't click until I stopped ingesting the garbage, stopped watching the garbage, stopped listening to the garbage, uh, all the things that kind of freeze us and arrest our development and started getting into the conscious things and the organic things and the, you know, those ways of life and everything from my childhood kind of clicked and caught up with me. And, you know, since then, it's just been that path. I see that. It sounds like you got to a point in your life where there were, there was information that you had received all throughout your life that you knew was Mm -hmm. beneficial on some level, but you didn't really put it into practice. You didn't really give it a lot of deep thought. You didn't really see how you connected with it. And then somehow, you know, you just around the time of your Saturn return, you, you have some kind of epiphany kind of linked into this experience that you have where you realize I could be doing better. There's something I could do better. There's a way that I could improve. And then you, and it also aligns with an opportunity that you have, because you mentioned that you moved into a house that had a lot of room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need certain things to line up and give us an opportunity. Well, not give us an opportunity, but it's like we can see the opportunity being presented to us. You said you started planting seeds you mentioned marijuana. I love how you breeze past that, which is fine. We can come back to that in another conversation. But you were also growing kale and you were listening to more higher vibrational music. Like you were really, yes. that's what was happening for you. You were raising the vibrations. For those who may not be, like we hear, it's very commonplace these days to see something on a t-shirt or a meme or something that says good vibes, right? What does good vibes mean to you? We're going to continue to connect with the theme of liberation, but what does good vibes and high vibration mean to you? Why is that important for us as we are considering, especially we're talking about solving our problems in the garden. We know that we can eat from our garden and that can help us with our vibrations. So let's talk a little bit more about that. It's a great question. And let me answer that with a question to you. Uh, out of your senses, right? Your five senses or six senses. Uh, what would be, what, what would you consider the most important? That's not fair. Okay. But what's, I feel like everybody's important, What's the most valuable? The most valuable. Sight, taste, touch, sound, feel. What's, what's. You put me on the spot with that oh, yeah. i'm gonna say there's no, there's no right answer by the way there's no right answer i'm just asking you what, what's most important to you if you have to lose all of them yeah and keep one which one would you well keep? damn i could only keep one <laughs> okay it's all hypothetical sister it's all hypothetical. it is hypothetical but let me see which one i would keep i would keep i i want to say i would keep um Vision. I'm gonna keep vision. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say that right now. That's you can usually, ask me in ten minutes. That, that's usually everyone's response, including mine. When mm-hmm. I was first posed this question. Um, can I tell you why? Okay. Sure. Sure. I'm sure. gonna keep vision. I'm thinking about gardening, and like I was gonna say, my hearing because I love music so much and all of that. Um, but I'm thinking about what it would be like to garden and 
I feel like I should see, but like now I want to, I feel like I want to put a poll up now where I'm like, what, what site, what, what sense would you like yeah. to keep the most as a gardener? Like, that's the question I want to ask. Go, the ahead and, go ahead and put that poll up. Tag me on it for sure. I will I like definitely that. tag. That, I'm going to take a note of that. In that sense, in that sense, for me, I think smell would be the most important in the garden. Okay. If, you know, if you lost your, if you lost your vision, man, you probably would be a better gardener. You'd be able to locate each plant by smell and touch and you'd be unstoppable. It, it, it's a whole thing. Wow. But in the, in, a, in the grand scheme, in the, in the global situation, you know, I ask people this question all the time. What, what do you think the most important, most prolific, most uh, powerful sensation is? And it's sound. Um, sound is nothing but a vibration of, of chords in your eardrum, just like chords on a, on a piano or on a guitar. Um, Put it in this context, you know, people say, how, how, were the, how were the pyramids built? You know, uh, oh, aliens came down and built them or, or uh, you know, prehistoric cranes or whatever kind of excuse or reason people come up with to keep you from receiving that intellectual property, right? Uh, oh, the pyramids aren't, aren't built in Africa. They're built in the Middle East or whatever, you know, all these things as they say. Um, but... At, at the time, you got to think, you know, each, each, each structure, each block weighing multiple, multiple tons and this thing going thousands of feet. I mean, it's unbelievable the, uh, the amount of work it would take to build such a structure. Such a structure has never been duplicated since. And, mm. you know, there's no secret to that. It's just modern technology cannot touch anything our ancestors came up with. Hmm. All that to say, those pyramids were built, at least by a lot of people close to the source, uh, believe that they were built by sound vibrations, right? If you, if you tune your drums to the perfect frequency, you can move mountains. So wow. you got like uh, Beethoven, which is hot in the news today, or it just came out that the brother was black, but- we, Wait, we, what? <laughs> Beethoven yeah, it's trending all over. It's trending all over Twitter that 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 Beethoven was a Moor, and uh, it's it's not a secret. It's, it's nothing new, but since it's trendy, it's against one of those symbols. It's almost like, oh, we'll give you one. We'll let you know your your ancestor was one of the best, if not the best, musician of all time. But but who is going to be surprised to, to find out that a black everybody person the most incredible musician? As much as we esteem black musicians in the way that we do these days for good reason because right. we're incredible yeah to find out that the best to ever do it yeah. was actually black yeah. is like Duh. okay no surprise yeah i mean not 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 to us but you know they keep that information from from you for a reason mm -hmm. um just to not give credit right because you didn't come come up with anything everything came from europe right and okay debunk that later yeah. later conversations right we'll get into yes. greek mythology and the origins of all these all these systems and all these structures and all these things uh -huh. um and all these institutions and 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 you know can make the connection so you can see why you know we're in this uh system of systematic white supremacy um it's because your story was you know prevented from from getting out everything you built was was uh, the credit was given to someone else and mm -hmm. that exists to this day so back back to the vibration, you know, you got like Beethoven or or Bob Marley or or Stevie or or people who used to just play real music, write real music, Prince, 
you know, putting out high vibrational, high frequency vibrations, 432 megahertz. And then you got certain mumble rappers in modern day garbage that's putting out low, 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 low vibrations. And it's not up to them, right? That's what's being published. That's what's being greenlit. That's what's being financed and backed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's to keep you in that, sl- in that uh, slumber, right? To keep you asleep, keep you uh, emitting low vibrational frequencies. And, so with the low vibrational yeah. frequencies, if I may interject, isn't yes. it true that most of those low, bri- low vibrational frequencies are coming from like a synthetic source of sound versus when you mentioned Stevie and Prince and Beethoven. music. Yeah. It is drums. real instruments, yeah. real people coming Certainly. together with the, within a room together with an agreeance of, of some sort where we are all here for the same mission. We are, you know what I mean? Acoustics. Like, like I yeah. said, acoustics is so powerful. You can move mountains with the right frequency. It just is right. what it is. You can destroy people with the right frequency. You can germinate seeds with the right frequency. Um, mm-hmm. You can manipulate sand. You know, I know you've seen those videos where certain geometrical shapes were, 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 were crafted with just a frequency, tuning, turning it up and turning it down, different, you know, alignments of geometrical shapes with sand. I'll mm-hmm. send you the videos. Unbelievable. Yeah. The things you can do. And think about, you know, you said you're into astronomy. Think about in the cosmos. All these things happen with sound vibrations, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're into the Big Bang Theory or not, all of it is sound. So for me, if I were to focus on a sense, you know, sound would be the most, the ability to hear, right? We can't hear these lyrics of some of these inspirational conscious musicians, right? Mm-hmm. We can't hear some of the words Bob and Damien and Chronix say because we can't interpret the patois, but we can feel that vibration. You play it yes. in the morning when you clean up your house, right? And you're more effective cleaning up your house than you are listening to Little X Y Z P, right? Um, <laughs> it just it I just is what that. it is. Yeah, you know? um, absolutely. So music, even with that, it makes the world go round. That 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 is a great way to sum up all of the ways that good vibes are beneficial to us. Now, along the lines of liberation, oh my goodness, because like. There's, there's ways that the music contributes to uh, presenting a message to us that encourages us to live more freely. But getting back into the connection between liberation and gardening as we are solving a problem, which is not being fully liberated. So I'm, I'm excited about making that connection. Where, where would you like to start there? So in your garden, you know, once you plant a seed, watch it germinate, caretake it until it's mature and then harvest it and Mm -hmm. feed your family from that crop. Naturally, you're going to want to do it again. It's going to get good to you. You're going to get better and better and better at it. You're going to seek people who are doing the same. You're going to trade with people who are doing the same. Naturally, that's going to pull you away from being a consumer. That's going to pull you out of that drive through lane. That's going to pull you out of that quick fast food snack that's not fueling you, that's doing nothing but destroying you. So not only are you saving a dollar, you're saving time, you're saving a trip to the, to the grocery store, a trip to the fast food restaurant, or, you know, uh, you're staying at home, you're reinforcing uh, 
sustainability and self-sufficiency. You're teaching your child how to nurture in nature. You're teaching your child uh, values and, and, and reinforcing good values. You're barefoot walking around the garden, feeling the earth, uh, ingesting the nutrients, touching the minerals, like literally digging into the soil. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing. So that kind of elements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it pulls you away from capitalism and consumerism. It pulls you away from eating garbage and inorganic things and fillers and, and, and you know, things that just, just fill you up and contribute to the top five diseases that plague our community. You're not going to oh. get those diseases when you're out in the garden. You're going to be ingesting vitamin D3, right? All your organs are going to be functioning. You're going to be, you know, drinking water on a regular basis because you're out there in the sun. Wedding. Um, you're going to be. Yeah, you're going to be eating. It's just promotes so many positive things. And, you know, you're not going to be on the couch watching TV, eating ice cream and drinking high fructose corn syrup. You can't do both of those things at the same time. You can't walk in from the garden harvesting organic produce to feed your babies and then sit on the couch, drink high fructose corn syrup and watch a low frequency, low vibrational uh, oh my God. television program. Okay, I'm 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 getting Those there. Two worlds don't exist. You don't have time to do that anymore. You don't yeah. have time for garbage. You don't have time to be on, you know, World Star Hip Hop all day. You don't have time <laughs> to be in the in the in the in the in the drive-through lane at, at Mickey D's. You don't have time to be be you know whatever the things that that contribute to our 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 our, our, our plight and our demise. You don't have time for it because you're promoting the positive things that um, enhance our situation. And that happens in the garden. Your priorities shift. I totally see what you're saying. I love how you are bringing it all together because basically what you're saying is in order for us to, to take the time and the effort and the energy to actually go out and be intentional about growing food for ourselves, that is something that requires, uh, a dedication of you know time and energy and and resources and, and all of that and while we are committing ourselves to that while we're putting our energy into just the act of doing it also the research that we need to do in order to figure out how to even make it work at all and everything that goes into that including just physically going outside in order to do that that is putting that is completely redirecting Look, our attention and our I got energy. an heirloom tomato. Yeah. I got an heirloom tomato that goes about it's about seven by seven, right? I'm talking about seven inches wide, seven inch diameter across. A right? tomato. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And so I I know to get to that stage to achieve that piece of fruit, it's gonna take a certain amount of hours. It's going to take involvement and energy during certain amount of time periods. Um, if it's a full moon, I need that thing to be outside absorbing all of that moonlight and all of those nutrients. Uh, just, it's, it's almost like raising a child. So I can't, I just don't have time for the garbage. In, in most cases, the garbage is just for our entertainment. We as a people have the need to be lulled to sleep because the PTSD is so heavy right? Just from our experience that we'd rather be pacified and put to sleep and pretend that it ain't happening. We'd rather escape. You know, that's what the drugs are and the alcohol and, and all the, all the, everything we ingest. So if I'm going to achieve this tomato, mm-hmm. those things are going to get in the way. They're going to prevent me from doing that. 
So the priorities must shift and it's a natural thing. It's not even a conscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. It just happens. That, wow. Yeah, that, that is a way, that is another way to kind of summarize how we're, you know, we're taking that energy that we could be using that is going to go towards something basically lower vibrational into being able to bring forth something into the world that is really going to be way more beneficial than whatever it is that we could otherwise be consuming, spending time and energy on and taking in. So I can, I can definitely appreciate that. I can dig that. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the hood. You know what I mean? I know that there are plenty of us black people out here, especially even listening to this very uh, podcast that have made it but there are also a good number of black people who are in the hood and mm-hmm. and when i say the hood i mean just living in you know either in poverty or in uh an organized system that is adjacent to it you know what i mean not a lot of opportunities not a lot of resources uh mm-hmm. that is not a a place where people who are in that situation feel very liberated. What kind of advice would you give to someone who may be listening that is in that position? Yeah, it's uh, to, for for me, it's a mentality, you know, poverty is, 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 is more than a physical uh, or situational place. It's, it's, it's a mentality and it's tough to break from that mentality. If you're stuck in it. Um, If you're, if you're one that is part of a family who earns well below the national average um, in the inner city, you have no choice but to be in that drive-through. You have no choice but to be on some welfare system or some, you know, sort of EBT system or whatever the case may be. So your options are very limited, extremely limited. Um, It just so happens that in those communities, well, I can speak for Los Angeles because that's where I'm familiar, but Mm -hmm. in those communities, we've seen efforts due to our local politicians and local organizations, nonprofits and outreach programs to create more and more community gardens. And those have been the places that I and we have focused on over the last 10 years or so, developing community gardens. And in a community garden, you give the opportunity for a resident to adopt a box and learn how to grow food. Um, It's not a place where we preach, right? We have to really speak on that for a second because preaching mm. can turn people away and, and just can leave a, a bad, we have enough preachers. We don't need any more preachers, right? <laughs> we, need exa- we, we, need, we need examples. Um, and so at a community garden, a resident who may be in that situation, who has limited options other than the drive-through um, can actually put some seeds in the ground, grow food, and at least make an impact um, supplement right at least make Mm -hmm. a a supplemental impact on their monthly consumption and that's where it starts you have to get involved in your community um you have to talk to your neighbors and figure out there's a lot of old folks in the inner city right a lot Mm -hmm. of old folks i mean a lot of 70 plus 70 to to 95 year olds in the inner city of every major metropolitan city they didn't Mm -hmm. have a drive-through in their 20s they know exactly what to do Right. So mm. I think the community gardens is a place where revolution can happen. That's a place where that's a, a battleground, if you will, where we can win our war um, or at least impact it. 
is community garden. Take an old folk to a community garden and give him some, give he or she some seeds and have them share with you, you know, what, what they did as a child growing up and oh. make that connection. That's Full an circle. intergenerational connection, which 360 is, degrees. It say that again, 360 degrees as a representation. degrees. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. For, Think for about sure. it. Think about it. Think about it. The, you know, uh, uh, homeboy in office likes to, 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 to use the tagline, make America great. Right. And, and of course you can't define that, but I believe, you know, you know, our greatness as a country, uh, happened through the industrial revolution and, and, and via just building wealth, being wealth and, and building wealth and intellectual property and, and becoming the, the, the wealthiest nation by creating product, right? So that was probably a hundred year span. Before that, our ancestors had no drive-throughs. They had no quick snacks. They had no junk food or fast food. It was all organic. There was no such thing as inorganic. So if you make the connection with, with somebody from that generation, you are absolutely winning because they'll teach you things that aren't in the textbooks. And, uh, you know, I believe, uh, I believe we need to focus on that. Let's find our, our old folks and get them in the garden and make the connection with them there. That's, that is something that I would definitely encourage as well. And um, yeah, that, that really is like, that is, that touches on something that has occurred to me uh, with just the way that our culture in, perceives, that's the word I'm looking for, the way that our culture either perceives or behaves towards our elderly. Uh, we do have a lot of, you know, facilities with which to house them which you know is not is is avoiding an opportunity that we have to actually get wisdom from our elders um and that's no shade to anybody who may be because i'm an adult and so i understand the pressures of being an adult having to deal with your adult parents i definitely do get that so it's no shade to anybody that is you know dealing with a parent who is in you know a retirement home or anything like that but it is definitely, it doesn't take away from the truth of the matter being that our elders are a great source of wisdom and, and, and just, not just wisdom, but information about a way to do things that we no longer really observe. But those were, those were ways that, ways of living that were much more sustainable ways. Certainly sustainable, organic, efficient, and that's all there was until, right, until, until capitalism took over, until making that dollar became the priority. Once the dollar became God, you know, uh, the food, what, what's, the food doesn't stand a chance. Everything's yeah. come out that laboratory, and that's super Ooh. profitable, but we can't be on the other end of it. And as long as we're on the other end of it, they will remain in business the second you pull off and pull out get into your own then uh they go bye-bye it's almost like rosa parks in the, in the, bo in the boycott in the bus boycott. yeah brothers and sisters rather walk all of them all those bus lines went out of business for Didn't over 380 days you know what i'm saying that but that's how long it took for those business for those bus businesses to go out of business that's Three, more than year. a year mm -hmm. yeah that's but that's relatively no time in other words you are the consumer you keep them afloat Mm -hmm. You pull out a McDonald's drive-thru, there is no more McDonald's. 
You feel me? Absolutely. You are the number one consumer. Your black dollar is the number one instrument used to keep white supremacy alive. You feel me? It, so you vote with your dollar and you put your dollar in your community, into your restaurants, into your institutions, into your banks, into your garden, then they can't survive. They don't get a stimulus package. They don't get a cut off the black dollar <laughs> stimulus package, right? right? They're gone. So, you know, well, again, we I can see go into so many different directions. Uh -uh, like, we're not I don't know, do it's, that. Just, it's an important, we're not gonna do that, but it's an important topic in, 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 in the news and in the country right now is, is the idea of just appealing to the morality of your oppressor, trying to get them to recognize you uh, and, and change and turn over their power. It ain't gonna happen. The only no. success, the only achievement in any revolution was taken by force. Mm -hmm. And most, most people aren't going to be on the front lines with actual physical force. Well, use your dollar. Vote with your yeah. dollar. Vote with your, with your dollar. And also vote with your your shovel, with your soil, with your seeds you by Everything. getting into your yard or whatever space may be available to you or a community garden, whatever it takes. Because uh, I want to give a shout out to the uh, the gangster gardener, Ron Finley. I think you're familiar with him. Uh, who did yep. something similar where he just was like, hey, mm -hmm. there's land that I have access to and I am going to grow food on that land, a hell strip, you know, right in between the sidewalk and the street. And so that yeah, we is- call that, We call that parkways in California, parkway. Mm -hmm. Before mm -hmm. that brother took his stance and, and, and drew his line in the sand or drew his line in the, so in the soil that piece of property belonged to the city, even in front of your own house. So you could not grow food there. But yeah. brothers like him and them put themselves on the line and now you can. It's important. That's one man though, right? So- uh, An inspiration. I, I don't think, exactly. Brothers mm -hmm. live, living by inspiration and leading by example. And we all need to do that in our own lane. You're doing it, I'm doing it. And our tribe is doing it. We just need to continue doing it and, and letting that be example for the next generation. Which brings me to a famous quote. I'm going to butcher it and I can't even give you the author, but we'll do our best. Uh, and I, I changed it a little bit. I changed it. So I, I say it's easier to build warriors than to rebuild broken men. I believe the original one is it's easier to create leaders than to rebuild broken men, but warriors, because we're at war and the next yeah. generation is what I'm talking about. These youngsters, it's easier to build them up than to repair, you know, toxic adults who are broken and aren't going to serve the purpose of winning this war. Um, I see that. And, and also not just broken, but also, you know, set in their, in their ways and conditioned in a way where it's like, it is, you're less likely to be able to convince them to try something different or something new. And that's just what it is. You know, I'm just trying to be practical about, just like you are being practical about determining who you should reach out to based on your the the possibility of having greater impact or not and that's definitely with the youth so that's another connection that we're making between liberation and gardening we have hope for the future if we know that we are are exposing our children to this so i just want to yeah. you know just bring it all together do you have like i want to go ahead and and wrap up this part of the conversation 
But this has been brilliant. And, and, and the best way that I could wrap it up, if you left it up to me, would be to say that the liberation that we can find in the garden has a lot to do with taking our resources away from the corporations and companies that we are otherwise uh, giving our dollars to when we are more dependent on other sources of food. Absolutely. Other crappy sources at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And again, it's balance. To your point, especially for the inner city, you can't achieve that 100%, which is one of the reasons why I made the journey out here so I can get, a, get into the land. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting on about four and a half acres now. And so that's enough space to kind of do what I need to do, get the knowledge and bring it back to the inner city, which is what my plan is. Uh, yes. So yeah, just wherever you are, starting your contacts. Where, where, if you if you got a flower pot on the balcony, if you're on the roof or in the basement, you can grow food anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So it's up to myself and folks like, like me and our tribe to teach people, folks like you to teach people how. We're going to teach them. Oh, wow. That's I love right. this. I love this. So I just want to encourage everyone to keep up with our OG gardener uh, uh, nutrition specialist. You, you have so many things that you do and that you do well. And our, our liberation enthusiast. That's what I'm a. That's what I'm a, a close with on Your today. Thanks, sister. Just I appreciate the love. <laughs> appreciate the love. You know, at some point we will get into. At some point we will get into the pharmacology of these nutrients and yeah. how they impact impact our physiology as people of color and as as melanated folk. Right. That's Ooh. the nitty gritty. We'll get into how these plants actually fuel us and help us on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. What they do for our heart, what they do for our lungs, our livers, which ones to grow and what zones and what cities. That's the science. Ooh. But at first, it's important for us to speak on these issues that are currently affecting us on a daily basis. Then we'll connect the science to that so people can see how to overcome what they're dealing with. Right. That is why it is ongoing. So uh, keep up with keep up with the homie Nick Neighbor on Instagram at Nick Neighbor. It is very simple. He, he likes to keep it very simple. He ain't trying to overcomplicate nothing for us. And uh, we appreciate you for continuing this conversation with us. And I want to wish you love, light and soil. Another fantastic conversation, another great interview from a very wise and neighborly individual, your favorite, our soil cousin, Nick. So I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that you were enlightened. I hope that you were educated. You know, we like to make sure that we are getting substance, if you will. Yes, substance. Let's, let's, let's look for some substance in everything as much as possible. And uh, this has been brilliant to get to speak with him. And of course, he is a deep well of of knowledge and wisdom and things of that nature. So we will be working with Nick Neighbor. And when I say working with, I mean, he will be, he'll be providing us with additional information, instruction, hacks. Like he is going to really put us up on game and, uh, continue to uh, go forward right along with Black in the Garden. So we are excited about that. So many things to come. I'm already looking forward to what all is about to happen in the next couple months with uh, season three. There will be a season three 
for this year. There may or may not be a season four. I haven't projected out that far yet, but you know, just letting you know a little bit of something, something behind the scenes. I want to shout out uh, the new supporters that have have pledged their support to sustaining Black in the Garden, whether it be via Patreon or via Anchor. Appreciate y'all so much. Y'all are dope. I am going to do something more formal to to shout y'all out and, you know, give credit uh, in a future episode. If you would like to be added to that roster of those who will be receiving recognition and things for just being amazing because they support the show, you know, in, in the way that they can uh, monetarily. It's not a requirement. Now, don't get it wrong. It's it's not a requirement. But of course, you know that we need to be able to sustain this show. This is a creative endeavor by myself, a creative individual. And I am happy to to bring it and to deliver it. Uh, but of course, that does not take away from the fact that resources are absolutely a necessity here. So no pressure, check the show notes and keep up on all of the socials. Just look in the show notes, you'll get everything you need. I appreciate y'all so much and I'm gonna go ahead and close out. We'll be talking to you again very soon in approximately a week. Y'all have a wonderful week and love, light and soil, peace.